Thanks very much, Tanya. Those are today's scratchings. You have a great morning, and you're tuned into Sky Sports Radio. This is Punters Postmortem. You've got Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey on the line. 13 53 53 is that open line number. If you've got a question for any of the boys, they'll uh, no doubt answer it well for you. Ronnie, I'll come back to you firstly. We'll go to this Golden Eagle and, and rehash what happened. I mean, I th- I'm thunderstruck. I know you made the point on the Big Sports Breakfast a moment ago how Huey, he didn't use the stick in the last 100 metres. It was a confident ride. He knew he had a horse that would just attack the line and I thought the ride was, um, he just had ice in his veins. Yeah, he certainly did because uh, he, he, he got in a very tight position uh, closer than midfield uh, when Media Ward was hanging all over him uh, trying to get one off the fence early. So there was a bit of yelling and screaming going on there, I'd suggest. But he kept his cool, he kept that horse balanced and on straightening, uh, when Count de Rupi kicked away, Huey didn't panic, he didn't jump all over the horse because he he said he was just on the wrong leg, I wanted him to get back into his rhythm and he had so much confidence in the horse that uh, it just shows the horseman Bowman is, he, he, with the, him not panicking, panicking there and the, the horse really reacted that last 100 metres, he, he surged, he, he, he did it under his own steam and uh, had a good day out, so he, he's an exciting horse. Um, he, he, you know, like I said, he's a, he's a gelding. He's only he's only a young horse. He's got a strong pedigree. Uh, he can he, he can go on and you know all star miles, Doncaster miles. Who knows Queen Elizabeth? He's, he's he's right up with that style of horse, considering it's only his second racing preparation. So uh, a good result for for the two mix, and uh, they to think that they had. The early favourite in this race, Ayrton, were all raving about, and, and they come here and find this horse and take off the big prize is, is amazing. Um, Count to Rupi, he was so gallant in defeat, and a great job, a beautiful ride by Brock Ryan. He gave him every possible hope there. And What do we want to say about the others? Um, I thought that, that, that Vangelic, she did what Jen Vangelic does. She gets out, has a go, and, and, and gives her all. Uh, Apache Chase, she was bought undone by Forbidden Love um, going forward, which we didn't really expect her to go right forward like that, so just bought her undone. I thought all these internationals run really well. Uh, Law of Industries, wide no cover on a day where you probably didn't want to do that. Uh, he just looks uh, a, a real gong horse, I'd say. Maximal will come back well. Uh, Private Eye wasn't his day because of the track conditions or where he drew and where he had to come and make his run. And I, know, I even thought Reed Deval went okay for a middle distance type for later on, the other international. So all in all, um, a pretty good race, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was fantastic. Uh, and Dino, I might open you up here as well because you've seen a lot of this horse in Melbourne. I'm thunderstruck. He's, he's got plenty of courage. He took a tight run in the Turak and when Huey needed him to push out early in the straight, he was up to the task on the weekend again. Yeah, he certainly was, Luke. Uh, there was just that moment at about the 250. If you thought, uh, you know, he's one, he's got a bit to do, and two, he had to balance up. And it was really interesting let it, uh, hearing Huey say he just let him change leg, and then he was basically a passenger. And what he produced at the end of that race, uh, as he did in the Turak, uh, you just think that being a son of shocking, uh, maybe these are the the bottom end of his distance range, and uh, and you know when he gets to. 2,000 metres, Miami, he might be a Doncaster Queen Elizabeth horse in the autumn and then a Cox Plate horse next year. 
Well, that's the, that's the funny thing about it. We haven't seen him pass 1,500 yet, or he did run a mile, of course, in the Turak as well, but it'll be exciting to see what Mick Price and uh, Mick Kent Jr. do with him. We've got our first caller on the line this morning, guys. Tony's called in. Morning, Tony. Good morning, boys. You What's there, your question? Glenn? Yes, mate. It's double A, mate. Listen, I want to ask a question. It's been peeving me for years. Why do we have to get the substitute in multiples like daily doubles and quadrillas it, why don't we just eradicate eliminate get rid of the substitute otherwise you would have taken it in the first place the favorite well i suppose because it's a paramutual product and it is you know determined by weight of money and everything like that you'd have people there that um you know that you're affecting the pool um by having to refund the money and it's probably just something that they thought of was the easiest way out to, to let people still have an investment. I, I, I know it's very frustrating, as you said. Like there is, uh, I'm sure there are times when you purposely are betting around uh, a particular runner and, uh, and your horse comes out and then you finish on the runner that you didn't want in the, st- in the first place. Now you're spot on, uh, Glenn. That's, that's the theory behind my thinking. Um, otherwise, you take it. Just one further question, and I don't know whether Ron agrees with me or not, but why do all the analysts, the tipsters, when they are given the choice of a quaddy, why do some of them pick six in one leg? Why just can't they find it down to their final three? We know what their four are, but why do they have some... One day there was one guy, he picked seven, and there were only nine in the race. <laughs> But you can you can shorten up other legs and have an anchor, and you're, you're probably looking for some uh, a bit of a split there with sometimes and with the quaddies, and I'm sure you know each to their own. You can take your top picks all the through, or your top three, or your top two, or, or, or you could go long in one leg and light in other legs. Um, yeah, each quaddie's different with as far as numbers in the field and value in the pool. And Munz, they've got to give you something as a substitute because if you went one out in a leg and your horse was scratched, you've got to have some horse running for you. Isn't that right? Um, well, you, you know, unless you, you cop a special dividend and uh, mm-hmm. then, you know, you'll have... To, I'm sure you'd have just as many people complaining that they didn't have yeah. a chance to win as they are that uh, people that are on a horse they didn't want to be on. You can, you'll never get an ideal situation. No, no they've, they've, they've taken surveys and surveys and surveys over the years. I've even filled them out myself. What would you prefer? And it always comes back um, just above 50%. You know, okay, we'll cop, we'll cop the substitute. So what, you're not going to please all the people all the time. For sure. Uh, thanks for the call, Tony. 13-53-53 is that open line number if you'd like to get in touch and got a question for the panel. We'll stay in Sydney, guys, and flick back a race to the Classic Legend Stakes. And Eduardo Duff, um, what a great horse this is. Um, he ticked that 1,300-metre box and just did what he did on speed. Yeah, he did. He, he ticked that 1,300-metre box at his second start in a race early on. But it's... Um yeah, it, it, it all comes down to the, the race shape with Eduardo running the 1300 and he loves those, you know, the, the turning Rose Hill and we saw him win the Galaxy uh, so dominantly at this track before and Joe has worked him out now, probably his third preparation for him and he was never going to lose that race once he pinged as he does and Nash, Nash does what he does, he, he rides him aggressively, he doesn't wait for him to take him on and then he gives him a rest mid-stages and he's off and gone, so... A ripper preparation he's had, um, you know, wet, dry, whatever you want to throw in front of him. Uh, lost and running, 
he's continued that improvement, hasn't he? Uh, so, um, I'm, I was interested in the comment John made about Lost and Running after his last run. He said, "When I take him to the paddock, I'll just, I'll just watch his weight. I don't want him getting too big." So uh, that says to me that he did too well in the paddock this year. Um, with, the, with, with, the, with that break and it's taken a, a bit longer to get him you know, fully at his top which he's had at his last two but uh, he'll go out and uh, with a lot of confidence to come back for the autumn Standout made that ground along the uh, inside Big Parade was okay I want to follow uh, these all these horses that are early in their preparations going uh, to uh, the Hunter and that's Signore Fox uh, that's I Am Superman who was held up, and even Dawn Passage, he was fat there on Saturday, I know he was beaten five lengths, but you watch him improve. So I think this is a fantastic lead-up for that race at Newcastle because of the strength of this race. This has to be the form, and they could well be the three horses, and you could throw Kementari in there if they want to run him as well. You had to mention Special K, Duffy, oh, one of yours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Pat on the line now. Morning, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. Look, um... The, the concept of the highway and midway, I think, is one of the greatest things for country racing and provincial racing. But why not have one on a Wednesday? Like last Wednesday at Canterbury, there were six races. Most of the fields were four, five, six horses. Why not put a midway? It doesn't have to be the same prize money as a Saturday. And a, a highway on a Wednesday. And it give the country horses more of a chance also midweek. It's not stupid. Uh, with the numbers we got around at this time of year, um, like I said, that was Canterbury last week. There wasn't many runners at all, but that's the time of year we are. We've got so many meetings around this Melbourne Cup uh, time. Everyone wants to have a meeting on, and the, ho the horses always have, are, are a little bit thin as far as filling all these meetings are concerned. And so maybe at this time of year, maybe we could have a, uh, a, mid a midway race of a, of a Wednesday and ev even a highway of a Wednesday, you know, alternate. Um, because they're great betting races because they always attract maximum fields with emergency and they're great for trifectas and first fours. I love playing them because of the third size of the fields. Hmm. If you do manage to snag one, they always pay enormous. Yep, no yeah. argument. Thanks for your call, Pat. Uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting food for thought there, read the highways. Um, Matthew has called in as well. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. How are you going? Well, mate, uh, what's your question? Uh, just a question for, for the panel around Great Houses chances tomorrow. I just thought it, it picked up really, really nicely on the weekend, obviously inferior opposition, but you know, lightweight. I just um, depend on the, uh, the panel's opinion. Dino? Uh, look, he's got the right profile of a Hotham handicap winner to run well. He dropped seven and a half kilos for winning the Hotham handicap. It's just that it was a pretty weak race this year. Uh, I trust what he'll do is his absolute best, whether it's uh, whether it's good enough. I think I don't know if he's a betting option. I think the connections are going to get part of the prize money. They're going to be in the first half of the field. I just don't know if he can quite get into the placings, but uh, I think he'll run a good race. How far are you with your work for the Melbourne Cup, Dino? Are you pretty done. well there? You're done? Because yep. I, I did have a question on the line here, Re-Explosive Jack, and I know Ron brought it up on uh, the Big Sports Breakfast this morning as well. Brett from Bathurst just asked um, uh, for Dino's thoughts on Explosive Jack. Do you to give him a shout? Uh, on ability and on the way he was going before his last run, yes. Uh, I think... 
He's a horse that can't really muster speed. No, I wish he'd drawn wide, or at least middle. Uh, drawing four here, he's just going to be back, and I just don't know how he quite gets into the race. But the race often opens up, and, and luck might come his way, but he'll need it too. Uh, you remember the ATC derby, he came right around them. Uh, the same in the South Australian derby. He likes to wind up, and I just don't know if he's afforded that luxury from the draw. Mm. One thing we know he'll stay, it's just whether he can as you said, get the right run in transit for that low draw. Thanks, uh, Matthew, for your call. Uh, Chris has called in as well now. Good morning, Chris. Yes, good morning. I'd like to thank Dean Lester. About uh, about eight weeks ago, he was giving his selections in the quaddy and he said you should keep an eye on a horse called Floating Artist. And I backed it on the day. It paid $25. I got it in the quaddy And I backed it the next week and paid $14. The only time I didn't back it was when it was a dollar forty, but I got a hundred and ten to one about it in the Melbourne Cup. I just wondered if Dean thinks it's a chance now. I think it's got a great chance. Uh, he's just kept improving and improving, and the the Ma used to stable have got enough representatives. They don't need to run him on a whim. Uh, he's he's going well. He should have won the Mooney Valley Cup. He should have won the Kunji. So he should have won his last five. Uh, I think he's got a great chance. He's drawn to get a beautiful run, no weight, uh, top four chance. He was terribly unlucky, wasn't he, last start, Dean? He was, you could see Tio trying to work out where he wanted to go, and eventually he ended up sort of going back in that worst ground. And for a staying horse like that, how hard is that to do after you've lost momentum and pick up again and surge at the line like he did? Exactly, and it happened to, on two or three occasions. That, you know, He got buffeted around. He tried to get in early. He spent a lot of petrol getting nowhere and that that can take a lot out of you and uh, I loved his reserves late in that race again not sure about the strength of the race but had he won it by three lengths which maybe he should have uh, you'd be thinking well one he'd have probably got a penalty and two uh, he'd be a fair bit shorter it is of course Melbourne Cup Day uh, <laughs> tomorrow while we're talking about it Dino um, a comment on incentivised the favourite he's drawn barrier 16 we know what he did in the Caulfield Cup was that of a elite staying horse yeah, I, look, I think he's a deserved favourite. I think the price is uh, quite incredible when you think of the, the, you know, the good chances we've had going into Melbourne Cups in the last, well, in my lifetime. I mean, this is the shortest favourite since Farlap, uh, looking that way. Uh, he's done everything right. He, I think he's got a kilo and a half too much, but will it stop him in a year where there's a long, long tail to this race? Um, I don't... I don't know if it will. I think if he turns up as he did at Caulfield, he just gets into a beautiful galloping rhythm. Nothing really bothers him. He doesn't sort of pull. He just rolls along. And, uh, he, I mean, he's got to be the favourite. It just comes down to whether you think uh, that's the right price. And I don't think it quite is. I think he should be closer to $3. But uh, that's been generated by months and months of support on him. Do you think this cup has come up with a lot more speed than anticipated. There looks to be a lot of roll-forward horses here, well, at least five or six. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think that uh, yeah, probably the, the late inclusions of, of a horse like uh, Floating Artist, uh, who you know we wouldn't have necessarily thought uh, was going to be there. Charlie Rose, Incentivised, Grand Promenade, Knight's Order. Uh, even the Blinkers Off Knight's Order is going to be there. Um Per San, uh, Twilight Payment won't be, I don't think, leading like he did last year. I don't think uh, 
you know, they were looking for a leader last year. This year, there are leaders. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be run at a fast speed. We've got a 30-degree day tomorrow. So by 3 o'clock, track's going to be firm. They're going to be running time. Uh, it's going to be a fast race. It certainly is. Uh, loving that cup chat, guys. And, of course, on Sky Sports Radio tomorrow, we'll have uh, a big Melbourne Cup Day preview of, of course, the cup and uh, also the support program as well as Sydney. We've spoken about Melbourne a bit, so let's go there, guys, um, and recap what happened on Saturday. Dino, this uh, this derby winner, Hitotsu, I read a, an interesting stat uh, that Dan O'Sullivan uh, produced that uh, only two of 57 three-year-olds since 2005 have won a stakes race above 2,400 metres off a 1,600-metre lead-up. That's what this horse was able to do, and he, he looks an exciting prospect, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a really good horse. Uh, he's still very immature, and that's why, again, that you know, I refer to it a lot, the genius of Mara and Eustace, but they identified that they couldn't get him there on a normal preparation if they wanted to run in the derby. And uh, listening to Dave Eustace speak about him, that they only picked him up, uh, their connections brought into half of him and brought him off uh, the Wendy Kelly stable. And uh, he uh, he's... Uh, first run was at Donald, uh, he went straight to the Guineas and then straight to the Derby and they just knew that they only had probably three runs with him, so they just put the miles in his legs and just uh, hoped that uh, his ability and his prowess would shine through and it, it certainly did. It certainly did. Uh, John Allen won the Cox Plate last week, got a Derby on Saturday for Mar Eustace. We'll come back to the Derby. Wayne is on the line. Morning, Wayne. Good morning. What's your question? Um, I was just asked the boys, um, I knew John, John Moore come back from Overseas, did him and Gary uh, are they training together? Uh, no, John's uh, end up going to the Gold Coast to to to, to train uh, up there. He, I think he was going to come to Rose Hill with Gary, and then he had a change of heart with. Um, he, I think he's got a uh, a love for the Gold Coast, and he was happy to set up there. So yeah, no, they're, they're separate entities now. Oh right, I just didn't. I I, I hadn't heard them. Their names <coughs> mentioned together, and when Gary's had a horse in, I haven't seen Gary and John's name, you know, as trading mm. partnership. But weren't they coming home to train? Wasn't he coming home to train with his brother? Yes, he was. Yep, yep. That was the plan early on, and uh, John got held up in quarantine, and and um, end up uh, having. I think he had his own property there in um, uh, at the Gold Coast, and decided to go to go up there. Very good, very good. And I uh, was lucky enough on the 25th to the 6th to fall into incentivise at uh, 34 to 1. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, outstanding, so mate. Nice. Well, you're alive with a, a live chance. Are you going to stake and hedge on a few others or just let it ride? Yeah, no, I was pretty good. I, I, I backed uh, on the same day. I backed Grand Promenade, Floating Artist, uh, a few others. Oh, Colette. Um, yeah, from the old favourite that got... Uh, yeah, uh, Toffee tongue, yeah. I backed a few, but um, yeah. So thirty-four, uh, the one uh, incentivised was a nice little collector. I think a very elegant. I've got eighteen or twenty to one. So yeah. Gee, tell you what, Wayne, you're you're in good shape. Um, you want a job here? <laughs> yeah, right. I go in. I usually go in pretty. Uh, that's about the time I go in. Like, um, and, and incentivised. I just want to race by. 12 lengths, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was a second one. One of the first one by seven, then the next one by 12. I said, is that my horse might run a Melbourne Cup? And the next week is the PG Moody. So, you know, all, 
I'm, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm not going to uh, retire on it, but, uh, yeah, I've had a nice little wager on it. Good stuff, Wayne. Well, thanks for the call and good luck with incentivising the cup. Um, I haven't backed a cup winner for a long time, so I think Wayne's in, in pretty good shape. Steve has called in as well. Morning, Steve. Good morning. What's your question, mate? Um, I had a question to Munzee um, about the dead hit rule, where um, I just think um, with the dead hit rules, like you better horse that's paying eighty, and then you get a dead hit, all of a sudden you're losing, you're losing money on by backing a winner. How's that work? Well, for a start, uh, there's two winners. There's not one. Yeah. Uh, and you can't disadvantage either one. You're actually yeah. paying out two horses, yeah. uh, half of the value of two horses to equal one winner. So they're, they're, it's not a conspiracy or anything like that. It, that that's the way that they've, uh, things have worked out. You, you, haven't won, you haven't won the race outright. Two horses have won the race between them, so you get half each. Half each. Okay, so... um. But you, you've minus the other horse's price as well, so you, you guys are not losing anything. The people who've backed a $2 shot or eighty shot, even though they're back the winner... Yeah, but, but that, you, you mate, this, this has been going on since, you know, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, you, you, they backed you, half you, a winner. You, you backed half a winner. You haven't backed a whole winner. There's yeah. two horses that have won the race. So, yeah. therefore, they've both won half of a race to total one winner. Thanks for the call, Steve. Um, it's, I mean, it's In a triple dead heat, you get a third. And they split the prize money too, Mund. It's not like you get paid the same for, for winning. They, they combine well, the first you, and second you, prize money. They combine money. the first yep. and the second prize money, and they get half of that each. Exactly. So thanks for explaining that, Munns. Uh, Steve, I know we all want to we all want to get the lot, but uh, you, you've got to be fair to the other person who's in the, the dead heat with you as well. We'll go back to the derby, guys. Uh, Dino, was there anything in the beaten horses that, that caught your eye or winner only? Oh, I think Allegron was very brave. They they didn't go hard in the derby, but he had to work around them and, and be three wide uh, from a a long way out and, and just kept sort of getting around them. And, and I thought he, his run was uh, terrific. Uh, outside of that, uh, no, it, was, it was pretty much about the winner. Um, he you know, He's the horse that uh, going forward that, you know, he could win... You know, He's capable of winning a race like the Australian Guineas in the autumn before coming up to Sydney for the Derby. So uh, I think uh, he's you know, the exciting horse that we, you know, we would concentrate on. Um, no, the, I, th- I the, thought your horse from Adelaide didn't go too bad, Dino. Cerberus, considering he just you know, flopped straight out the back. I thought he might have you know, pressed the button early from that alley because he looks a little bit one-paced. Uh, you know, and he, he, he plugged on a right at the finish. Yeah, he, he was okay, Munns. It was a funny race tactically, you could see, and Johnny Allen mentioned it uh, in his post-race that the three-wide line, of, uh, and he was on the back of it, Cerberus, but it was when James McDonald went on 2-2 car car that they all wanted to get on the back of that train and Forgot You came out and uh, there was a, a line of them and Johnny was trying to get out with those because he thought they were the better chances and in the end he had to cut through inside them and it probably won him the race. So for a... You know, it was it was a slowly run race, but they built from a fair way out. And uh, at the end of the race, Hitachi did run the seventh best last two hundred of the meeting. So, considering there are a few sprint races and a lot shorter races, it was a pretty good staying effort to to rip home in a eleven seventy six at the end of uh, twenty five hundred metres. I thought the race. I thought the race may have just franked the profondo form with a leg run running well yep. and, and and raging bull uh, running well as well into fourth spot. So. 
I think as far as quality is concerned, it, it may have just franked that Profondo is an up-and-comer. Yeah, as if no we, we might not have known that, but we've yeah, already known yeah, that. But yeah, I mean, it just, it's just a scoop for everyone anyway. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think Duffy deserve a barb there, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is a good nice horse, though, isn't he, Profondo? Hey, guys, a lot of texts on the text line about James McDonald on the weekend. Of course, four winners, Dino. He, he really showed his class on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah, only the second time. Uh, on Derby Day, that a jockey's ridden four winners. Michael Clark did it back in 1990. Uh, but uh, he was, yeah, spectacular. I mean, loaded the base as well with, you know, being, you know, Chris Waller having such good runners for him and yep. his old mate John O'Shea providing the last winner. Uh, so, you know, that, that certainly helped. But he's, his steer, I think his best steer of the day was in defeat on Cascadia and it was an unbelievable mm. ride uh, in an unbelievable race. I, you know, I don't think we'll see a better race through the carnival than watching Damien Oliver from and uh, and James McDonald from their barrier draws, uh, how they plotted their path to victory and Ice Bath uh, just sweeping down the outside as she likes to do. Uh, it was uh, it was you know, some race. That, yeah, that's the Kentala and and on mm. Ice Bath, I mean, she just doesn't know how to run a bad race, does she? Uh, another brave performance from uh, the Sydney Mayor. Yeah, well, she was on the back up, and uh, she ran tremendous. And talking with Jai McNeil yesterday, it doesn't show on the video. He said, but 50 metres out, he definitely hit the front. Uh, it was just remarkable that uh, Superstorm was getting through, and then Just Folks started to take him off the track, and Damien sort of just switched inside Just Folks' heels, but didn't lose much ground, and, and then was able to charge to the line and, and get the prize. But uh, Mr Brightside measured up very well there. You'll probably see him in the autumn in a race like the Doncaster, I'd imagine. He's a very... Progressive horse, obviously, having won six in a row, uh, beaten on on Saturday, but uh, far from disgraced. Yeah, that's the Cantala. Dino mentioned the the barriers there. Superstorm jumped from twelve, Ice Bath from fourteen, Cascadian from thirteen. So those jockeys did a great job to get their mounts in winning positions. Thirteen fifty three is that open line number if you'd like to call in. Lots of questions about the Melbourne Cup this morning, as we could understand, being Cup Eve. We might revisit that at the very end, guys, uh, and give you a little bit of a tease uh, from our panel what Duff and Dino might be tipping in the race. And if you had any Melbourne Cup questions, probably that last 15 metres we might uh, focus up there. Just wanted to revisit Sydney, guys. Uh, a few people texting in about the four pillars. Um, Ron, this was a great concept, of course, uh, giving these benchmark horses a chance to race for such big prize money, and it went to Wyong. Tracy Bartley, Kiss Sum got the money. Yeah, a big race for uh, Tracy because he, he had the fourth... Um, here over the line, Barassa Rosa as well, who, who ran an enormous race with her weight and uh, uh, um, and at that distance. But Kissum uh, just got all that beautiful runs along the inside, and uh, Tracy's done an amazing job. Like uh, his two wins were at you know a thousand metres and eleven hundred, so he had confidence in the horse to train train him for fifteen hundred, and also put blinkers on him, and it was a it was a, a masterstroke as it as it turned out. So. He was very good. Uh, Dufresne ran well. Another one up the inside had his chance. Uh, Divine Breath has finished off very nicely there. As I said, Barossa Rosa and Tampering battled away hard. I thought Cream Rises, he's always been a horse uh, that's had a lot of talent. And then he just hadn't, I thought he just didn't come up this preparation. But there was indications there that he's back. He's a bit of a handful. Uh, but maybe he might be a, a, a miler. 
and can be placed to advantage in the near future, considering mm. you know he's 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 only a ratings you know I think he's a benchmark sixty four horse. Uh, surely there's something for him now that he's uh, back on track. There's a few disappointments. Uh, the favourites didn't shape up. Uh, different strokes were, uh, has come to the end of it. Uh, Conrad has had a setback, didn't run the distance out late. Con- Darlene Bell didn't run to uh, expectations. Rebel Rama will be OK when uh, she steps up in distance. But yeah, a, a good little contest uh, to bring, you know, the, they had that money left over from the Kosciuszko and they invented this race and it seemed to work. Yeah, Munns, how did punters take to this race? Was the betting strong on the four pillars Saturday? Oh, certainly so, Luke. Um, you know, they, they 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 know the horses, and I think that's that's very very important. Sometimes with the the, the highway races, in comparison, they're, they're looking at you know horses that are coming from you know all, all over all over the countryside, and they don't get the opportunity to see them in town. Whereas uh, the four pillars horses, they've seen them either at the midweeks or they've seen them in the midways uh, in the lead-up to this uh, to this race and, and the fact that, you know, they have to be selected uh, to get into the race, albeit there was nominations taken. There was 213 nominations for the race uh, when they took them. But, you know, they're, they're dealing with horses that they're quite well aware of their form, their racing pattern, and they, uh, they can tie their, their form in with each other. Yeah. And just why I bring that... Um uh, the prize money up. A lot of people saying, "Why would you throw seven hundred thousand in a race like this?" So it was always said, "Whatever money is generated from the the ticket sales uh, will will go into the Kosciuszko." And they oversold over the last two years, and this was the money left uh, over for this race, and uh, they've used it instead of putting it in the bank and keeping it. Uh, this is the the punters uh, funded this race. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Uh, no, thanks for that information too, Ron. Uh, you're with uh, Dean Lester, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey this morning. 13.53.53 is that open line number. We'll take a break. This is Punters Postmortem. Jenny Duggan on Growing Up in Sweden. Mum and Dad were teachers at this riding academy and from the time I could crawl, I was constantly trying to get on a horse. My mum literally had to make me stay inside and try and do homework rather than being out riding around on the horses. Yeah, that was my thing from as far back as I can remember, you know. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. As you know, Sticky Wings is the official sponsor of punters clubs in pubs and clubs everywhere. But the guys at Sticky are aiming up yet again for another exciting announcement. I can't spill the beans right now, but just imagine being able to demolish succulent, saucy Sticky Wings at home whenever you get the craving. I've also copped the tip that Sticky Wings might just be joined by another from their stable, Smoky American Barbecue with juicy ribs and brisket. Stay tuned, punters. This one is going to be a biggie. You'll never get a better chance to own a winner at the track than with the Racing League. Join me and my six-horse racing team, the New South Wales Tycoons. The Sherpa's already a winner. Joe Pride says watch out for Penzo Alley this prep. And Richard Friedman has a big opinion of Luna Rocks, which is being aimed at the Magic Millions. Buy today, race tomorrow. Own your share of six horses for just $200. Go to trl.net and join today. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. It is 9.42. Great to have your company on this Monday. It is Punters Postmortem. We've got our next caller on the line now, and Mark wants to talk about Fangirl. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, boys. A two-part question regarding this. Uh, about Fangirl winning on Saturday the first race, uh, how impressive it was. 
But looking ahead, uh, I know Ray talked about this horse last start, Roots, who's running the Bora at Randwick. Uh, I, for the life of me, just think this is an absolute mole, considering what, what Fangirl did on Saturday. But the point was, what price do you think, as a punter, you would like to take, knowing that if that car comes out, which is still in the betting, that it might get closer to even money, and what Fangirl did on Saturday? Just your response to that, please. Uh, look, I, I haven't put any work into that race tomorrow. I did see it in there. Um, uh, but she was certainly very good behind Fangirl the other day. I think maybe Fangirl's been held in high regard all the way through there. Um, yeah, she takes on the boys tomorrow. Uh, what price did they have her? $3.10. I had written, 360 to $3.10. I had written down yesterday morning or maybe Friday I wrote that down. Uh yeah, I'm not sure about that one, Mark. I have, like I said, I haven't pulled that part race apart, but she's certainly a promising filly who, who looks like well, it's similar to Fangirl stepping up to the mile. Uh, she certainly looks uh, hard to beat, doesn't she? Is anyone Duff surprised that Roots has got ability, considering it's named after Chris Roots? Yeah, well, uh, whether it can put the boys, a couple the boys of... good, good looks healthy condition wise. Um, you know. <laughs> You know the run. The run wouldn't do it harm. Yes, uh, it's two twenty tomorrow in that race. Two twenty. Uh, yeah, because really came out. So it's a yeah, okay, chance. fair enough. Mm. Dino, did Fangirl impress you on Saturday? Yeah, she did. Uh, it was a, a race set up beautifully for her. They went way too hard in front. James McDonald sat out the back, and when they came up for air coming to the turn, he just crept into the race, and and she won accordingly. And to be fair, she. It wasn't the strongest of carbine clubs, but mm. she won it uh, with great authority, and uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a very good win. Brigantine, you know him; he's had plenty of racing either in Melbourne or Sydney, and he ran well. And Daily Bugles, yeah, you know, in this Group Three listed grade, he ran okay. But uh, yeah, the, uh, she's the, you know, she was clearly the best horse in the race. There's one there that is better than he showed, or there's a couple. Uh, Wilson's Prom goes just too hard at the moment uh, to run a mile and that he led and he, he gave ground late but he just overdid it in front and pre-determined who ran so well in the guineas I think he left it there he'd had enough for now he's only had the three starts he's a nice horse I think if they go back to basics win a maiden and build with him uh, he'll win races how good is uh, this three-year-old uh, uh, home affairs Amazing win, wasn't it? Uh, I, I couldn't imagine that there was going to be such a comprehensive winner of that race stuff uh, going in. Uh, there so many nice horses, but uh, just the little tinkering of the gear, the nose roll, the tongue tie, he travelled kinder uh, on a really, really fast speed uh, for a straight race. Uh, they don't usually go that hard early. Um, yeah, about four lengths above standard the first 400 they usually run below standard and, and build uh, it was a totally different race and it got a lot of horses out of their comfort zone a long way out and he just kept going uh, the runs of Artorias as he does uh, fourth best last 200 of the meeting charging through the pack I'm pretty sure that's what he is is a run on sprinter uh, but it, you know, he's going to have a lot of hard luck stories and I think Overpass uh, he's a nice little stuff he, yeah. enormous oh, run yeah, the the way he jumped out of the ground late, uh, home in 11.72, only just behind uh, Artorias as the best last 200 of the race. And from being held up, I think if he got momentum, he might have run second or third. Agree. Mm. 
maybe see him uh, bob up again soon over pass. And if he gets a wet track, we know he, he grows a leg there too. Just adding a bit more meat to the bone on the winner. Is there something to be said, Dino, for taking on the older horses in that high-pressure Everest and then sort of that's uh, been a platform for him to really peak here? Yeah, I think that I think it is. I mean, it can go one of two ways. They can yeah. semi-break their hearts and they, they don't fight back. But he was, uh, he was one that absolutely came off it. You know, bouncing obviously, and and just cruised on that. You know, created his own pressure on Saturday, and you could see just about coming onto the course proper. James McDonald actually had to nearly check him, and he changed leg because uh, he was just going so easily. So uh, yeah, he he really did respond to that uh, coming off the the Everest and and getting the job done on Saturday. I like how you described Artorius run-on sprinter. I know a few other words um, I could describe him <laughs> with, but I probably can't say them on radio. Uh, he's done my head in this preparation, Artorius. Oh, um, geez, I've been following him. He's, he's a talent, talent, Ronnie. He's a talented horse. If he learns to take a position, geez, he's going to win a good race. We know that. Uh, Pat's been waiting on the line. Morning, Patrick. Good morning. Uh, one for Dean and one for Ron. Dean, uh, there's a lot of pains in racing. Is Kevin Payne a well-known identity, the purchaser of Itotsu? Uh, he's raced horses for a long time. Uh, he's not one of the Payne family, the, the famous Payne family, but gee, Kevin had a Group 1 winner 30 years ago with Johnny Marr, a horse called Ready to Explode, uh, that won a Corvair Guineas and ran well in a Cox Plate. So he's been around for a long time. He's been... Uh, since he was virtually exclusive with Johnny Marr, and when he went to Singapore, then uh, he's he's been in a variety of stables. But uh, yeah, um, you know, with ready to explode, this is certainly the best horse he's been involved in, and good that he stayed in him uh, when the the offer came to buy the horse. Uh, and a bit of inside information from Ron, please. Yep. Yes. Um, yes, Pat. Who doesn't like reading these scratchings on two KY? <laughs> uh. Who doesn't like reading them? That's right. You said he got the don't come Monday last week. <laughs> yes, he's. Uh, if, the, if you miss the scratching on, on scratchings on this channel, then we get more complaints than uh, than ever. Oh. So it's, yeah, uh, it's a no no. We've got to be careful with the scratchings. I tell you what, um, I've thought of a punishment, guys. If anyone at work sort of just upsetting uh, management, the punishment should be on a Saturday to get them to read the scratchings if there's heavy tracks around the country. I did it once. <laughs> and name them took, all. Oh, it took me half an hour. I was in a coma afterwards. Don't worry, we had a firm track sat down. There was 31 of them. Yeah, <laughs> mm. exactly. Shane's on the line. Morning, Shane. Good morning, guys. I um, have a word to Dino. I'd like to just ask about some shameless award and the sire of incentivised. Um, a mate of mine said, I, I back incentivised, I've been on this last nine, and he said, you're an imbecile if you think a horse who's the son of snippets could sire a Melbourne Cup winner. But I look, I look for its bloodline and there's Danehill there. Yeah, grand, grandson of snitzel, not snippets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he might just be a, some sort of, you know, like, I mean, you've got to take them on their, their merits a bit. He's, he's some sort of genetic freak. He doesn't seem to get fatigued. He gets stronger. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, look, it's a doubt for all of them. And he doesn't have the Galileo lines that so many of the Europeans have and all of that. But, uh, he's got a, he's got a great capacity. And I remember talking to Peter Moody about him not long after he got him and before that Maccabi Diva Stakes run. He said he just never gets tired. He's just, he's just got a great capacity to work. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't get uh, fatigued. He doesn't blow hard after a gallop. So he's you know if he if he's got that elas- 
athletic aerobic capacity. Uh, so, I'm not going to uh, doubt. You know, I'm not going to worry about his genetics too much. Yeah, well, with the other two Seamus awards, I, I lost my money on El Patroness. I was, but I, I got it back at 15s on Kiss Slum, another Seamus award. Yeah, oh, that's right. And I mean, you know, Seamus Awards first group one winner was a, a derby winner, Mister Quickie. So I mean, he's he's thrown horses that can genuinely run a trip, and I mean, he won a, a fast Cox Plate in his own right. So you don't have to be a long distance runner to be a great side. I mean, we all talk about the greatness of Zabil as a stallion, but Zabil was a miler that could maybe run two thousand metres, but he was a miler basically. Yeah, thanks for the call, Shane. Great to get your insights there. And Muns, I know you, you're calling yourself incentivised. You're saying you're doing all this work and you just never fatigue. Is that is there any truth that's to it, that? That's <laughs> well, my aerobic my aerobic capacity is unbelievable, Luke. Uh, <laughs> and yet, you know, if, you know, do you thought Farlap had a big heart? Well, you know, I, they're working out where to put me. Uh, when I do leave this earth, you know, just as a, you know, just a, a phenomenon of science. I, I opened the yeah. door, Munz, and you just charged through in, in flying colours. I, I love I, it. I had heard the comparison to Farlap yes. that you were stuffed, <laughs> but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Outstanding or, or from Leslie. Ca- uh, or cast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, Wombat's on the line. G'day, Wombat. Good morning, gentlemen. This is the best, uh, uh, question, Bedino. Dino, there's a horse called Also Clear in race nine in Melbourne on um, Tuesday, tomorrow. Mate, yep. um, what do you think of his chance? It's a 50 to 1 shot, and I was going to back it for a plate and throw it in the quaddy. Um, yeah, it didn't go badly the other day. It's got the blinkers on. It's a nice horse. Uh, I, I could understand why you'd like it. I, I just wonder if it's you know, drawn, drawn out in no man's land and whether they get away from it, but. Uh, yeah, it probably shouldn't be those odds. Uh, it's it certainly, its run at Caulfield was quite good. Thanks, Wombat, for the call. I hope that helps you. We've got Brahma on the line now. G'day, Brahma. How are you, mate? Uh, I just liked to thank Dean for a good tip a few weeks ago. He uh, put me on to uh, Superstorm about few, three weeks ago. Beautiful. Yeah, we, that was, it was good. He, but, uh, uh, yeah, we actually... Played against the Flemington and uh, over a mile, he said. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good result. So uh, no, I'm glad to glad you cashed in on it. Yeah, thanks very much, Dean. Good you, mate. Brahma, do you need Dean's address for the sling? Or Ooh. no, no, thank you. It's really <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, okay, mate. Well, I'm glad you got cash. I'm glad I'm glad you got a quid. Uh, Mark is on the line. Is it Grant? I'll just check with my. Yes, it is, Mark. G'day, Mark. Good morning. How are you, fellas? Well, well, mate. What's your question? Uh, look, I haven't got a question, but I am hoping that Incentivise can win the Melbourne Cup. I had doubts when I spoke to Dean Lester a couple of weeks, but I think we've got a, a horse here that's sort of emerging as some sort of an athletic freak for the next year or something. It, it brings my mind a long way back to observing horses like Peter Pan that could really rev the crowd up, bring thousands of people to their races and win magnificent races in the season, as Peter Pan did twice in his career. So um, that's all I really want to say about this. I'm hoping that Incentivise can do something to lift the crowd and get Bob and get mobs back at the race course. Yeah, exactly. I think he's the horse we need uh, coming out of COVID, to be honest. Yeah, uh, you know, a horse that captures the imagination and keeps winning. So I think for that sake, uh, I hope he wins tomorrow. Yeah, well said, Dean. Well said. Uh, Pete, you're our last caller this morning, mate. What's your question? Hello. Yeah, go for it, Pete. Uh, I'm just going back to 1962. But even Stevens won. Uh, I can't remember a horse getting two penalties after weight and winning the Melbourne Cup. 
I mean, even Stevens won the Caulfield Cup brilliantly and then uh, was penalised. And, uh, gee, five kilos is a lot of weight from what he was handicapped for, the original weight for the Melbourne Cup. No, he's only received one penalty. What? No, the weights weren't out when he won the Maccabi Diva Stakes. They could have missed oh. the Maccabi Diva Stakes. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he would have had 53 had he oh, not run in the yeah. Maccabi Diva Stakes. Oh, right. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's uh, caused a similar... Uh, he has. Yeah. He, oh, they, 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 and Stephen. Uh, yeah, they've created Lynch it. Lynch Coles wrote it, and that was Malcolm Johnson's uncle. Yes. Yeah, okay. Thanks for the call, Pete. Um, Incentivise, of course, he is favourite for the Cup tomorrow, and uh, he's, yeah, he's got to carry that 57 kilograms. Guys, uh, that bring, it brings us towards the end of Punter's Postmortem for this Monday. Duff, is there any horses that you've identified out of the weekend to take forward? Uh, look, as far as... I'm just looking towards these two big races coming up, well, the country, the provincial races. I'm talking, so I'm saying law of indices. Yep. And all those horses out of the classic legend, uh, which I'll identify probably. I am Superman uh, and Senor Fox, the two stable mates, along with I think Dawn Passage is a massive improver. He had a wide run and he looked fat. Whether he can, he's got two weeks to get fit. Uh, yeah. Just looking uh, at would, the sectional times out of that race stuff. What about edit there? Well, we've spoken about Edit. I thought, what are they doing here, yeah. running in this horse in this race? And they spoke to Cody before the race. He said, listen, we're setting this horse for a benchmark 88 at Newcastle. <laughs> I, said, I said, it's about a dollar thirty now. Oh, OK. Right, <laughs> so it was just to keep its rating down, Dean, but, but uh, dead set flashing light. So oh, if you goodness. want to take the dollar eighty on... Um, on, on uh, Hunter Day, uh, he'll be in a benchmark 88. Okay, I thought he might have been in the Hunter or something. <laughs> his, run, his run was enormous. Unbelievable. He railed home well, didn't he? Do you know anything for you? Pretty hard out of Saturday because it's yep. often grand final day here. Um, what I would say is I'm against the wakeful form from Saturday for the Oaks. I think the Oaks winner Ooh. stayed home and it'll either be Elusive Express or Biscayne Bay. I think they're the two better chances in the Oaks on Thursday. Okay, beautiful, mate. That helps our listeners, uh, no doubt. Uh, and Munz, uh, I know you've got to get going to get to golf today. No, I'm uh, I'm coming into French's Forest actually. Oh, no golf sorry. this week. Oh, Punters Intelligence. Everyone's very busy, so I'm going in to do Punters Intelligence and then the Melbourne Cup special show. Good on you, mate. Well, uh, listen, I just loved how Dino shot you down earlier. That was that was one of the best when you made the comparison to Farlap. Boys, it's been a lot of fun this morning. Thanks very much for your contributions as always, and looking forward to a fantastic week. Uh, just any chance, just give us a head start. What do you like in the cup there, Dean? Just uh, something, yeah. anything. Duff, yeah. I'm, not, uh, I'm not swimming against the tide. I've tried that with uh, Incentivise and come off second best uh, in the Corvair Cup. I think I think you can win, uh, but I think the ones that I'll be putting in multis are the likes of 16 Grand Promenade, uh, Twilight Payment. I think Twilight Payment's going better this year than last year. He needs to, obviously. Two and a half kilos better, but I think he's going better. Uh, 22... Uh, floating artist we spoke about earlier. I think if there's a, a roughie that can get into the money, it's Pondus. I think his stats are very misleading and he got beaten on soft ground last start and it shows that he might handle soft ground. I think the rattling firm ground will uh, suit him uh, as he showed when he was out here last year. So uh, I think he's the best roughie, Pondus. Beauty. 
Good on you, Dino. Have a great day tomorrow. Ron, you enjoy Melbourne Cup Day as well. And uh, Munns, have a great morning and into afternoon. That's been Punters Postmortem for this Monday. Have a great week, everyone.